Welcome to Gathering Ministries podcast. We pray you will enjoy God's presence as you listen. We're on a series of the goodness of God. And tonight we're going to talk about the goodness of God in regards of salvation. Now, when you think of salvation, we've all been taught salvation means that our sins are forgiven and forgotten, right? And I'm going to tell you, there has been nothing since the creation of the world to this time that has ever displayed the goodness of God as much as the cross has. And the cross is the goodness of God at its highest point. Amen? But you know, there's so much about salvation and what Jesus paid for at the cross. And yes, our sins are forgiven. And if you've accepted Jesus and your sins are forgiven, let's say praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. But you know, when we start studying salvation, in the Hebrew, the word salvation in the Old Testament is Yeshua or Yahweh. Now, you're all familiar with those words, right? Okay, that, that's the actual word for Jesus. And do you know when you're reading in the Old Testament and you come across the word salvation, you can put Jesus in there instead, and it has the same meaning? God was telling the Old Testament people, there is a, a Savior that is going to come, and he is going to redeem you. And so we see salvation in the Old Testament as well as the New. I want us to look at Psalm 18, and we're going to see that that word Yeshua means deliverance, protection, victory, and help. Okay? So when I say I have the salvation of the Lord, what I am saying is I have the deliverance of the Lord. I have the protection of the Lord. I have victory through the Lord, and I have help from the Lord. That is salvation in the Old Testament. If you're at Psalm 18, we're going to start with verses 1 through 6. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. We just sang that. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangle me. The torrents of destruction overwhelm me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Look, right there we are seeing God protects. He's our refuge. He's our shield. He hears our cries for help. Go on now over to 16 through 19. He reached down from on high and took hold of me and drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. How many times have you been up against somebody and they were way bigger than you and you got rescued, huh? Have you been there? 
or are in that battle right now. You're saying they've got lawyers and so much money and they've got everything going for them. Guess what? We have the salvation of God on our side. It will destroy all of those enemies. Yeah, they confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. How many of you have ever thought about God takes delight in you? Did you know that God is delighted with you? Can you imagine how big God's wallet must be to have a picture of all his kids in there? And he just cannot wait to show everybody, look, that's my kid. They bring me such delight. That's the goodness of God. Now let's go to verse 27. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. Here it is. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is, with, it is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. Boy, imagine this is the God, goodness of God for all of us. Do you know this is your salvation here? This whole chapter starts with, this is my salvation. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. You make your saving help my shield. And your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back until they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. Who's our enemy? Do you see what the salvation of God does for you? You listen to me. Satan doesn't stand a chance. When we start understanding that the salvation of God gives us the power to destroy him. Boy, too many of us are willing to fight Satan in our own strength, and what we need to really do is rise up and say, I have the salvation of God, Satan, and I'm here to tell you, I'm not fighting this battle. I'm just showing up, and God's going to do the fighting for me. Yeah. I cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as windblown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. Boy, don't you love that picture of Satan? Trample them in the streets. Yeah. You've delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They became trembling from their strongholds. 
The Lord lives. Praise be to the rock. Be exalted, God, my Savior. Right. He is the one who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man, you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his kings great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. Number one, you're, Dave, you're uh, David's descendant, so that includes you. But secondly, God made you to be kings and priests, remember? So guess what? You all have the whole army of God fighting for you. You don't have to worry about those people coming after you. Yeah. Good sound effects, wasn't it? Yeah. Listen, we need to understand that when we have the salvation of God, that it comes, oh yes, we are forgiven, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But God does not save us and say, okay, now you're on your own till you get to heaven. I hope you do okay. No. He gives us everything we need to live a life that is pleasing to him and in victory until we see him face to face. It's ours. That is the meaning of biblical salvation. Okay? Now, in the Greek, the word is soteria. Okay? Now, that word's a very interesting word. It also means deliverance, preservation. Now listen, includes all the blessings of God. All the blessings of God. Now, I want you to see something very interesting. Hebrews 7.25. Okay? I want to read this very quickly. Therefore, he is able to save what? Completely. Okay, everybody say completely. completely. Do you know that when he saves you completely, that he means completely? That's exactly what he means. You see, we say, okay, well, I'm saved here, but all of these issues over here, I've got to hurry and take care of myself, and I need to do all of this, and God's expecting me. How many of you have heard God helps those who help themselves? Have you heard that? How many of you know that's nowhere in the Bible? Boy, it sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? But I'm here to tell you, if God only helps those who help themselves, we're all in trouble because we cannot help ourselves. Our heart is wicked. We cannot help ourselves. We need God himself to step in and take over and help us. And when he does, he doesn't do it part way. He saves us completely, exclusively, all the blessings of God. He does a soteria in our lives. Yeah. Now, you all know John 10.10. We've talked about it many, many times here, right? Yeah, we don't like that 
the first part of this verse, but the second part is great. Right? John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. All right, that's our enemy that we just read about in Psalm 18. And guess what? We have the victory over him. And here's the beautiful thing. But Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Now, why does he say life and life more abundantly? I believe he said that because there would be a whole lot of people that said, well, he really didn't mean that. It's amazing how many Christians will tell you, well, I know the Bible says that, but God really didn't mean that. Oh, yes, he did. If it's in the Bible, he said it, and he means it. And here's the interesting thing. That word is Zoe. You all know the name Zoe, right? Okay. Zoe is the life. Okay, we know that means life. You've all heard that, right? But do you know it's the highest and best that Christ is? That's what Zoe is. When he says, I come that you may have life and life more abundantly, that word is Zoe. And he's not saying, I'm coming so that you'll get by. He's saying, no, I'm coming so you have the very highest, best life that there is in Christ. Everything Jesus is, everything Jesus has, everything Jesus does, that's the life I have come to give you. That's the life more abundantly. And it gives it to every saint the very highest blessing. So if the thief is trying to kill, steal, and destroy, you all have some salvation that you can throw in his face and just say, my salvation comes from God. He is my rock, my fortress my deliverer, my comfort. He's my shelter. He's my healer. He is everything that I need him to be because I walk in the salvation of what Jesus Christ paid for at the cross. Praise the Lord. Okay. So what's the source of our salvation? We all know that, don't we? We know Jesus went to the cross. And if you ever study why he went to the cross, you'll see it's all the very highest blessings of Christ. That's what you're going to see when you see he went to the cross. But Acts 4.12 tells us this. Acts 4.12 says something very interesting. It says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter's talking about Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, salvation's not found in anyone except Jesus. And there's this, um, this false doctrine that's slowly creeping into the church that um, everybody's okay, and we just need to find God our own way. And that 
um, as we seek um, the different paths to God, eventually they'll all meet up somewhere. Well, they're all going to meet up somewhere except Jesus. That path's going to meet up in heaven. The others, mm, they'll meet somewhere too, but it won't be heaven. Yeah. You see, it's very interesting that, that that teaching, Satan wants everyone to believe that it doesn't have to be Jesus. I had a girl in the office just yesterday, and she said to me, you do mean to tell me that the very, very best person in the whole world, they do everything right, but if they don't accept Jesus, they're going to hell? And then somebody who's been bad their whole life can accept Jesus and they're going to heaven? I said, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's called grace. I said, but you're missing one little point. And she said, what's that? I said, that person that's doing everything right is never doing everything right. They need Jesus just like the bad person does. You see, because there's no one who does good. No one. She looked at me. She was just kind of, you know, I don't understand it. And I said, well, said grace is something that if you un- tried to understand it, you probably would have trouble trying to understand it. Because it's one of those things that really, if you didn't know it was true, you would say it's too good to be true. But you can't say it's too good to be true because it is true. That's the goodness of God. So I said, have you done everything right? She said, well, yes, I have. I said, well, so you're comfortable standing before God right now. And you're comfortable with with every choice you've made. Well, then she was like, well, not everyone. I said, well, then you need grace. Now we're getting down to where the rubber meets the road, right? You do need grace after all. Yeah. That's the source, Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. I love this verse. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How do you like that? God's your salvation. Let's say that. I will never be shaken. That is a promise when you accept the salvation that God is offering. You see, it's not just one little piece. It is the whole package that he is saying, I am giving to you. That is the goodness of God. What a beautiful thing. Makes you wonder how people can just reject it and walk away from it, doesn't it? You see, when you start studying how good God really is, now you understand why Satan's trying to convince people he's so mean. He doesn't want them to find out how good he is. That's the last thing Satan wants is for anybody to know the goodness of God. Yes. Now, there's benefits. There's wonderful benefits 
to having the salvation of God operating in your life. Wonderful benefits. And like I said earlier, the cross is the most beautiful picture of the goodness of God. Amen? And it starts with eternal life. And that eternal life is Zoe in heaven. It's eternal Zoe is the actual translation there. And we all know it. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Wow. Wow. I'm going to tell you all something. This is kind of cool. But I was studying this, and do you want to know something? I'm never going to die. Just so you all know, I'm not going to die. He who believes in me will never die. You see, I'm going to take my last breath on earth and my first breath in heaven all in the same second. Right. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, he will never, ever die. How do you like that? Yeah. Right. So if you go to my funeral, feel free to laugh and dance because I'm going to be, okay? First Peter 1.8 tells us something very beautiful, okay? I like this. If you've been in the church very long, you know the old hymn. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory. Abby knows it, yeah. Anybody else? Abby, you and I are the old ones tonight. So, <laughs> But I want to go to 1 Peter 1.8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your, your faith, the salvation of your souls. Do you know that the salvation of God brings joy now, that word joy is chara, and it's a cheerful heart that is not dependent on circumstances, okay? We, get, we say, oh, I'm happy, all right? But, you know, happy comes from the root word, same root word as happenings. So when happenings are good, that makes us happy, when happenings are bad, that makes us unhappy. But when I have the joy of my salvation, uh-uh, nobody can take that away. I've got something that the world can't give, and the world can't take it away. And that's the joy that comes from salvation. That no matter how bad things get, guess what? God's not done yet. God's still going to show up. I've got his promises. I have his salvation. You can tell me anything you want to tell me. It's not going to change the way I look at things because I'm here to tell you, I have joy. You might be happy. I'm glad if you're happy. But I want to tell you something. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Amen? Yes. Then we go to Hebrews chapter 4. 
Hebrews chapter 4. And our salvation allows us to rest. How many times do you, let's read this verse. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Therefore, let us make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. I want to talk to you a little bit about resting in your salvation. Satan will get us so anxious that he's convinced us we've got to do something, doesn't he? We've got to get something done, man. We've got to get it done. Man, all right, God, I prayed twice for this and you haven't showed up. I guess you need my help. Right? Oh, boy. Listen, when you enter God's rest, you are resting from the anxious desire, anxious desire to do something to get your prayer answered. Listen, God's salvation says you are taken care of. His goodness says, I've got you covered. You can rest knowing that God has heard your prayer. And even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. He's always working. He never stops working. He's the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is is who you are. Yes. And we don't have to force it. I'm a forcer. I'll admit it. You know, I give God a chance. If he doesn't take the chance the first time, I'm there to take it back. Have y'all been forcers before? Look, we get dinner's rest. Oh, thank you, Lord. Your salvation says that I am taken care of. And I will just enter that rest. Then there's power. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, right? For everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. And then 1 Corinthians 1.18 tells us that, I'll get to it. 1 Corinthians 1.18 I want to say it right because this is a powerful verse. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, are you being saved? It is the power of God. Woo! You have power. Yeah. Look, nobody here is helpless. Nobody's a little worm. Nobody needs to hide under the table. You guys are powerful. You have power. And salvation, Psalm 18, 35. Psalm 18, 35. You make your saving help, their salvation, my shield, and your right hand sustains me. You see, he is your protector. Psalm 62, 7 
He is your refuge. And this word refuge is a strong, strong word. Let me tell you about refuge. This is an unconquerable, secure shelter. The best atomic bomb can't penetrate the shelter I have in God. All the armies joining together, put them all together, they can't break in to my refuge. You can't get to it. That is how protected I am. Psalm 62.7 says this, my salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. My salvation depends on it. Look, I am so protected. I am so protected. We've had a couple people in here try to stir up trouble. And we've got a couple of bouncers here in the uh, Bible study. I don't know if you've met any of them or not, but start stirring up trouble, you'll know who they are real quick, okay? I'm serious. We've got some bouncers here. But having said that, they can be taken out with a few of you going after them. But as I stand up here, I have a refuge that cannot be penetrated. That is the truth of who God is. Then he's our deliverer. Boy, tell you what, how many of you have been in a situation and you just need it delivered? Yes. Yeah, you're looking at a situation, you're like, this is not going well, and i got to have some intervention here. That word deliverance, believe it or not, is part of soteria. In Philippians 1.19, it's the same word. And Paul says this, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of, of Jesus Christ, what happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. The word there is actually soteria, which is salvation. It will turn out for my soteria, my deliverance. Isn't that awesome? And then if you want to read a great psalm on deliverance, sometime when you just need deliverance, you get your Bible out and you walk around your house reading this out loud. Lord, how many are my foes? That how many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Oh, how many of you have heard that? Your God's not going to take care of you. Has Satan told you that? Where's your God now? Oh, look at the mess you're in. Where's God now? Have you heard it over and over again? We do, don't we? But here's the answer. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. The glory, the one who lifts my head. I call to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lay down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike down my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance, soteria. May your blessing be on your people. Praise the Lord. Yes. Then you all know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, right? 
You know what that is? That's overcoming power. That is overcoming power. Um, Paul tells us in Romans 8.37, he says this. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Okay, I've always loved this verse. You know why? Because conquerors always win. They win every time. But you know what I am? I'm even more than that. You know why? Because I win every time and I don't have to fight. God did the fighting for me. That makes me more than a conqueror. That makes me a cheerleader on the sidelines saying, you go, God. I'm your biggest cheerleader. This is great. I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah, you've got overcoming power. Then salvation brings success. It brings prosperity and success. And this could be a whole discussion all on its own. And I know there's a lot of division in the church over whether salvation teaches this or not. But I want to show you in the Bible that it actually, the Bible teaches it. And if the Bible teaches it, I believe it. It's that simple. So we're going to look at Psalm 118, verses 24 and 25. Start with 23. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Psalm 28, or I'm sorry, Psalm 37, 4 through 6. I could have put 500 verses down here, but I knew I wouldn't have the time. Psalm 37, we're going to look at verses 4 through 6. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What? What? Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Let me read it again. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. And then he gives you unbelievable strength. Now, this strength, that word, chazak, I think is how it's pronounced, is unbreakable support. Unbreakable support. You know, when we think we've seen things in this world that are unbreakable, no, we haven't. You know, they say, oh, this bridge is these big steel things, and we see bridges collapse. We see roads collapse. 95 up in Philadelphia just collapses. There is nothing in this world that can't be broken. But I'm here to tell you the salvation of the Lord that brings me strength is unbreakable. Yes. Psalm 28, verses 1 through 5. 
verses 7 through 9. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people. Now look at this. A fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Yeah, he's our strength. Unbreakable strength. Unbreakable strength. And Psalm 18:1, I love you, Lord, my strength. So when you have salvation, you have all of this available to you. So when we stand and sing, I got saved, oh, it means a whole lot more than I've been forgiven, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But when they say, I've got saved, there's a river gladness flowing from Emmanuel's veins. This sinner was plunged beneath the flood. I got saved. Now I know the goodness of God because I can experience everything salvation was meant to bring me. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune into other broadcasts at Gather in Ministries.